Hello everyone, you are listening to Skip Intro. I'm Lee Chui Lin in the studio with me today, Ian McNally, Bahi Yusuf and Julian Yap. Um, and it's a TV show today. It is a show that's going to be specifically about TV, the TV that we're watching, the TV that we're loving. Uh, I am, however, not going to start things off. Um, Ian, what you got? Um, so have any of you heard of a TV show called Line of Duty, apart from hearing it from me? No. Mm-mm. You're the only person ever. Yeah, which is weird because I thought it was something that just popped up on streaming services and was something that my friends back home would rave about because they like a lot of stuff. And then I realized that it's award-winning show. It's made by Jed Mercurio, who's the same guy who did The Bodyguard, which popped up on Netflix earlier in the year. Right. Mm-hmm. And if you like The Bodyguard, you'll like this show. So Line of Duty is about AC-12, who are an anti-corruption agency in some never-named UK district. Mm -hmm. And each set of, I think it's five episodes for the first season, six from that point onwards, each series of episodes is based around them investigating someone who they think is corrupt. And a little bit like The Wire, you'll see the corrupt uh, cops' actions as well. Because usually the first episode is some inciting, exciting incident. And then it goes from there with... Adrian Dunbar is there, like is the boss. I can't remember. Adrian Dunbar is an Irish actor, so like there's a point of like you'd always keep an eye out for an Irish actor. But I couldn't find what he's well known for. He's just well known. He's one of those actors who've been around for years. He has two squad mates working for him, and it has the best parts of police procedural, but also the drama of something like Empire. Oh, because you're watching it. And I'm thinking like, okay, like the first season, you have Lenny James, who was in Snatch. He was um, Morgan from The mm. Walking Dead. Yep. You're like, oh, cool, they got a big name actor. They're investigating him. I'm sure the whole series will be kind of like a cat and mouse game. What's going on here? Halfway through the second episode, which so much has happened, it feels like the fifth already. Stuff happens that you're like, okay, I give up. I can't predict where this show is going to go or what is going to happen. And in a good way, is it a sort of like a behind-the-scenes station drama or is it a case thing? It's a case thing, but the whole series is a case. And as they're invested, they might get a tip-off because of one case. Like in the first season, it's basically, this guy's stats are too good. Right. No one can be this good. So right. what they're probably doing is overcharging people on minor offenses to make themselves look better. Yep. But while this investigation is going on, something else goes on. Right. And that leads to more things and more danger. And, oh, my God, someone just got killed. And wait, where is this going? I have no idea what's going on. But it never really jumps to the shark. And it's a delicate balancing act they've done for five seasons now. And it's absolutely gripping. Well, nobody jumps the shark until they actually jump the shark, my friend. Yeah. <laughs> the someone, original. Someone, yeah. someone does fall down the stairs. I thought that was going to be jumping the shark, but it's okay. He got better. Right. And it's just like, they're all human. The anti-corruption agency messes up, you know, uh, as much as everybody else. And that element of, you know, throwing a spanner into the works happens with the series as a whole as well. You think the second series is going to be about a completely separate case, but then a few faces from earlier seasons pop, start popping up. And it's like, oh, what's going on here? And it all just hangs together beautifully. So I have a question. <laughs> <laughs> Go for it, Basin. <laughs> um, does it... Okay, so like, for example, I really enjoyed The Bodyguard, yeah. right? But I don't know if I could watch four seasons of that mm-hmm. because it just gets like repetitive after a while? Yeah. So is this does this sort of avoid that? And yes. is it funny? 
Uh, or, or like, elements. is it fun? Or you know, is there oh, right. like? Because I like, don't think it's fun. Yeah, but like lightness of touch. Yeah. I mean, yeah, is yeah, what yeah, I'm yeah, saying. Yeah, yeah. It, it looks like the... it could be a funny office drama comedy. Yeah, it's not that. Okay. But it has <laughs> like because it has like it will have moments which are like the tension of that opening scene from The Bodyguard. Right. That was yeah, like yeah, yeah, amazingly. Yeah. It just instantly gets you up to nine hundred. Yep. yep. Um, there is most of the humor comes from Adrian Dunbar because he's Northern Irish and he treats the, his underlings like his kids almost. So there's an right. awful lot of go on, get out of here now with you. And right, right. a lot of kind of joshing that goes on there. Yeah. There are some moments I laugh at because of the relationships. Like, you know, they're being so serious with each other. It's kind of funny, but it's a serious drama. Mm. Um, but it's just, it's very entertaining. And I think for the season two and three, there's a point where by the 40, because it's BBC, they're an hour long, by the 40th minute, we're on like our fingernails are di- driving into the coffee room table because it's so tense and in an enjoyable way. Mm. Yeah, it sounds like something I would definitely watch, but I need to be in the mood. Yeah, you, yeah. you know, it's like the kind yeah, of thing yeah, you yeah. got to set your head for. Yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. yeah, I'm gonna be tense. Yeah. This is gonna be tough. And I just tried it out of the blue, and from there, that we've just binged everything, and it's very bingeable. Like because mm-hmm. the details carry. Because I was gonna ask, is it a bingeable show? Is it one of those shows where? You do two or three episodes. I need to take a break and then come back to it. So it's a. We haven't taken money breaks. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and done. again, what is that called? That's a line of duty from the BBC. All right. Excellent. Um, I think. Let's see. This is just like like who you're, next? You're who the next? teacher, right? Like who's I know. Call I know. It's, yeah. I shouldn't be given this much power. Um. Okay. Julian, I think. Okay. Yeah. Well, this is the complete opposite of Ian's. The very <laughs> tense drama, but but it's kind of tense. Also, um, it's also from the BBC. Um, this is a show that came out a little while ago, I think a month ago or two, and I've just binged it ridiculously. I've watched it two and a half times now. <laughs> and the, Yeah, and that's Gentleman Jack. Oh. oh. So basically, uh, Gentleman Jack is an adaptation of a real-life British industrialist called Anne Lister. She was Britain's first modern lesbian. Mm. And basically, she wrote just ridiculous numbers of diaries in in a weird little code that only she knew that she developed when she was a kid. And she basically detailed her life as a woman running her own estate in England at that time where women didn't typically do that Mm. and where she was the head of her family and also detailing her conquests of how she just really wanted to find her love but also she was a little flirt so she wanted to meet everybody which is basically the Mm. show. She's a player. She is, yeah. She was a 19th century player whatever the time was. I was supposed to watch it never got around to it Mm -hmm. but but I've seen the trailers. Is it Again, this is that question, right? It's not fun. Is I don't mean lighthearted as in, ha, 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 this is yeah. hilarious. But is it sort of fun? Is it a fun watch? I think there's a, like a weird, quiet sort of fun in the that there's funny little moments in the mm. way that she speaks to her sister who she thinks is a little bit ridiculous because she's a bit she's more dainty she's more typically she's like a girly girl. put, on, put on your hat you've got to come back for dinner you know yeah. so she there the things like that how she speaks to other people in the town because they underestimate her because they think you know oh she's just a woman so and the way that in the way that you watch something like Sherlock or Doctor mm. Who mm. in the way that they kind of 
best their characters in a situation. It's sort of little pockets of that, and it's really nice. Um, there's also obviously the story between her and how she meets Anne Walker, who she event- eventually marries. So this is based completely on her diaries. And is so sorry to jump in again. And you mentioned something about how this was sort of like she was the first openly out female person. How did the town react to that? Did you know? Was it like a throw tomatoes and cabbages yeah. at her kind of situation, or is it just like, oh, she's the crazy one. She likes women. Let's move on with our lives. I think that's one of the things I like a lot about it as well. We go, we start the story. I think she's in her late thirties or early forties, so she's been out as a lesbian for a while, mm. and the townspeople just know her as this wild, very assertive character, not technically a lesbian, but as just, just kooky. a little bit kooky, just like, oh, she dresses in men's clothing and she wears black all the time and she thinks she's one of the guys. Why? And it's never something that they dwell upon. I think oh. a typical story would have done would have wasted a lot of time just doing, well she's gotta come out and she's gotta she's yeah. gotta deal with the politics just of being do a the lesbian. Thing. So yeah. it's an interesting thing that they pick up at yeah. a point where everybody already knows yeah. as opposed to the but beginning. They never ignore it which is really nice they Mm. never make it seem like it was a normal thing because it wasn't an easy thing for her to go through and I think there's a it's a nice balance there and obviously there's you know as she meets um, her future wife Anne Walker there is that thing there where Anne isn't out as a lesbian Mm. and doesn't know her own sexuality herself and the chemistry between them is so beautiful it's very um, delicate sort of you know how you treat a very delicate baby relationship and Mm. it's solely focused on that there's I don't know if I've seen a series that treats a relationship like this so beautifully Mm. I think that's why I like it so much and also you know in that we get to see how society and oh the answer talking all about you and don't you worry about what society will say Mm. so they don't ignore it so there is that tension there but we always follow Anne. So that's right. who's played by Saran Jones, who um, people would know as the doctor's wife from Doctor Who. Oh. Mm. Yeah, and she's incredible. So we do get scenes of her sticking it to the man uh, quite a bit as well. I love those scenes. Okay, so that's <laughs> good as well. okay. The number of times where she just maths them to death yeah. is ridiculous. Yeah, sounds great. And I've heard just really, really beautiful things about the performances. So Mm -hmm. that's one thing that I've like, people have been telling me about. By the way, uh, doing a quick Google while you guys were speaking, Gentleman Jack's Sophie Rundle and Line of Duty's Martin Comston are going to be starring in BBC One Thriller, The Nest. So, worlds! Crossover. Worlds are colliding, my friends. Um, Power we have. Okay, uh, up next, we're going to be continuing this conversation about TV shows that we've been watching recently, that we've been enjoying. Um, It's Bahir and I who've got the kind of heavy load to bear after this. Let us know, what are you currently viewing? Are you currently in the process of rewatching anything? Um, we'd like to know. WhatsApp us at 018-789-8899. Tweet us at SkipIntroMY and write us at movies at bfm.my. Break from monotony. BFM 89.9. And we're back with Skip Intro with Lynn, Ian, Julian and Bahe. Uh, we've been talking about TV shows that we've been watching recently or re-watching in some cases. We'll get to that. Uh, but I, I think I'll go next. I've been watching and catching up on the final season, which is season five of Jane the Virgin. Um, and... I don't think enough people watch it. it. It's it's kind of one of those shows that's like critically acclaimed and people really love it and then it wins awards and then you go around and you're like, have you seen Jane the Virgin? And the answer tends to be no. No, I haven't seen it. 
and and that's a pity because it's great. So it's compelling, not in the same way as um, either of your picks, because it's a lot lighter. But at the same time, it really also kind of isn't because. Um, so it's sort of a telenovela that sends up telenovela tropes. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's both those things. It, while it indulges in the secret twin, you know, like poison apple. <laughs> really? um, yeah, well, well, it does all that stuff. It also completely sends it up um, and goes, because there's, there's an omniscient narrator who goes, Our story begins 13 and a half years ago, when Jane Gloriana Villanueva was a mere 10 years old. It should be noted that at a mere 10 years old, James' passions include, in no particular order, her family and grilled cheese sandwiches. And like, you know, so that there's that whole thing going on. Um, and then at the same time, it's like, friends, the last time we left Jane, she was torn. And, and, and so there's all these like great things um, and with, with little tips also to say like, well, you know, this was happening. This is, after all, a telenovela. Mm. And so it's the story of Jane, who is a virgin when we first meet her and who gets artificially inseminated through a mix up at her uh at the the gyne at the obstetrician and gynecologist's office, um, that person turns out to be the sister of the person whom she is impregnated by, Ooh. who has cancer, and therefore this is like his last two uh, attempts at children. Um, and then it's also he's also married, by the way. So his wife was there to be artificially inseminated, but she didn't get that. Instead, she got the pap smear. And then it just kind of rolls from there. And it's got this great cast of like, so there's Gina Rodriguez as Jane the Virgin, uh, who eventually kind of becomes Jane the many things, you know, Jane the fiance, Jane the mother, uh, oh. Jane the writer, Jane the, just all these different aspects. Um, and then you've got this great, like, um, matriarchal family because Jane was raised by her mom, um, who in turn, yeah, and they live with her grandma, both of whom are like great, strong female characters. Her father eventually turns out to be Rogelio de la Vega, <laughs> who is like, Mexico's foremost telenovela star um, and who could just very easily be this diva but instead is you know dealt with with a lot of sensitivity and he grows and everybody in the show just grows and adapts and changes so even though it's very light and frothy and it looks like a rom-com it's also answering questions about parenting it's also answering questions about identity it's also answering questions about um, you know just what it means to try and make your way through this life while facing these tremendous challenges um, of you know secret twins and like like, so there's real drama beneath the melodrama and there's real drama beneath the melodrama Uh, it ends on cliffhangers the performances are fantastic it's also very very funny it's well performed it's well written like, I don't get why. I, I just feel as if when people see it, all they see is this light, frothy telenovela, Max, Max, Max kind of thing, which it is, but it's also just a great TV show and it's super underrated. And, like, just watch it, you guys. It's so good. Uh, so, I've actually watched the first two or three seasons, but I dropped off. Just, I understand yeah, that. I mean, contrary to the actual telenovelas, which are on TV every single day, mm. I couldn't watch it all the time. I need it to be in the Jane the Virgin headspace when I want it to have, a, I don't know, that lighthearted family comedy. But there is also that intense drama of it. Mm. So how do you get back to it? So think? I got back to it because it's finished. Uh-huh. Yeah, uh, uh, right. that, so that's actually an excuse to go back into it. Pretty much, because yeah. I dropped off at the exact same point. Mm-hmm. I, I At the season three mark, I was like, Mm, okay, like I, I love everybody, but I think I need a bit of a break. It's like it's like how you feel with family. <laughs> it's like you guys are great, but so, you know. So the break isn't because 
got the, bad. It got bad. Yeah, the break is because you just needed space. Yeah, what was that one? With, Sorry, it yeah. wasn't, it wasn't Jane the Virgin, it was me. Yeah, was me. <laughs> no, but yeah. that's accurate. And Jane the Virgin's also, you know, my break in between like line of duty type yeah. shows yeah. where sometimes you're just like, okay, enough with the grey and the, the suits and the stuff. And the, like, I just want to watch yeah. people in like little dresses run around getting pregnant. <laughs> like, oh. yeah. It's called Jane the Virgin, Bahir. No, it's not that. It's just, she just wants to watch. But anyway, going I on. want to watch specifically Gina Rodriguez okay. just doing yeah. stuff. Yeah. She's great. Don't um, that clip so, out of no. Yeah, yeah <laughs> right. please. Um, so yeah, that, that's mine. Um, I have, however, also been re-watching something recently, which I thought I could talk about, but Bahir just went oh. ahead and like stole it all. So yeah, take it away. So yeah, this is a random choice for me. And only in the sense that it's a series that essentially ended in 2003. I'm going to talk about Frasier. Hey baby, I hear the blues are calling Tossed salads and scrambled eggs Mercy And maybe I seem a bit confused Yeah, maybe, but I got you pegged <laughs> But I don't know what to do with those tossed salads and scrambled eggs They're calling again Scrambled eggs all over my face What is a boy to do? And for me, the reason I bring out Frasier is because it's something that I've only recently sat down to watch episode to episode, season to season. Mm. For me, the thing about Frasier that I love is that there's real emotional depth in that comedy. Mm. There's a lot of drama between him and his brother. And it's not like you stole my girlfriend, wife kind of drama. It's... They do that at some point, though. They, but by that point, they've already broken the characters in and they're, like, running through no, this No, but stuff. even then, it's not, like, an overarching thing, yeah. right? It's just... But the overarching thing is the fact that one brother feels more respected than the other despite him doing a stupid radio call-in show, whereas mm. the other one is an actual psychiatrist making boatloads of money driving a Mercedes. And yet, he's the one that's not respected. Yeah. So, it's that thing and then it's the fact that his uh, Frasier and Niles's father is a cop who's you know salt of the earth American right he goes and drinks beer in a bar he he has this really beat up old sofa in the house that for the first half of the first season they just talk about how how Frasier's gonna gonna match all that with all his expensive art deco you know furniture and it's just sort of the best family drama for me um, and I think and I think for everyone who's seen bits and pieces of it I, I just want to straight out and say this was one of the questions I wanted to find out do we ever see Niles's wife we never see Niles's wife mm. 11 seasons they play with the joke that she's either asleep she had to leave the party early she called she <laughs> called uh, or she got lightheaded from sit from standing up too quickly so I had to go home and I love the fact that you never see Maris. It's such a hard thing to keep up over 24 episodes a season over 11 seasons. <laughs> yeah. It's just like they committed to it. We're never going to... We never hear her. We, we see their maids more than we see her. I just love it. I think it's a great piece of writing. Um, and it's sort of, for me, that last bit of old school TV, right? Cheers, uh, Seinfeld. Uh, Seinfeld even, yeah. But it's just that last sort of gasp of 
24 season, 24 episodes, 11 seasons of just five characters in a Seattle house. That, and you know, you wouldn't necessarily think that Frasier is going to be the best sitcom character to base yeah. everything around because he's kind of... He's Frasier, you know, he he's a little bit... Jerk in, in Cheers. But he's also exactly. a jerk. Yeah, he's yeah. quite terrible. Yeah. That, that's what I mean. Like, if you remember Cheers, um, and if you think about Cheers, and, you know, the Sam and Diane-ness mm. of it all, mm. and just all of it, you, you wouldn't necessarily go, you know who I want to see more of? <laughs> you didn't that think guy. Would Norm and Cliff. Yeah. Together. Yeah. You didn't think Frasier would be the one that would go on to do 11 seasons. And I think the fact that he's a jerk a lot of the time... Yeah, he's quite um, awful. <laughs> And but he doesn't come off as awful, right? You, 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 you know, at the end of the episode, you're laughing your heart out, and then the the, the theme song plays, and then you go, you know what? It was Frasier's fault. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but you're just like, oh, it's okay, it's only Frasier, you know, and and that's a really I put that down really to the writing and also to the actors that that ensemble is amazing. I think the chemistry is great. Yeah, the chemistry is amazing. I think. I think it's just no matter where you put them, right? The coffee shop, which is normally just Frasier and Niles, sometimes Roz pops in. The studio, which is mostly Frasier and Roz, and then in the house where invariably for some reason everybody, everybody comes. comes over. Um, so yeah, it's I love the show. I think it's an amazing show, and I think Julian knows nothing about. What I I'm know talking. nothing about Frasier besides the idea of Frasier as I just lump it together as '90s TV sitcom with Seinfeld. And it, I just it's never watched Seinfeld. it. It's very yeah. distinct very from yeah. Seinfeld yeah. because yeah. Seinfeld's a show about nothing they and they around, really hold true to that. They were broadcast around the same time yeah. on TV. But then also the, like the yeah, airwaves yeah. were filled with three set, two camera comedies. So, yeah. And yeah. this was basically what they were. Did it age well? Uh, I think for this one, it. I think it generally does. I don't think they... Niles and Daphne's a little creepy now. I, for me Ooh, personally, just a little bit. Yeah. I think I think for me because they committed to the, the fact that they actually do fall for each other and the fact mm. that Niles is such a dum dum. Such and, a derp. Yeah, yeah. such a derp. You kinda go, it's innocent, he is just a derp about it. Um I think what I like is that the jokes are on Frasier and Niles. They don't make fun of everybody else. They're okay. punching themselves and not punching up or down. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Which always hilarious, I think. Yeah. Did you watch Cheers? No. Okay. I All just right. know Woody Harrelson was in it. Yeah. Yeah, mm. but so was Ted Dance. Okay, never mind. Never mind. That's a whole separate thing. You know, we're going to be here a long time if we start yeah. talking yeah. about Cheers. But um, yeah, tell us, what have you been watching lately? Um, or just in general, what are your favorites? What are the TV shows that you can rewatch over and over again? Um, I am three quarters of the way through the office. Are you joining me on my journey? Uh, WhatsApp us at 018-789-8899. You can also tweet us at skipintromy, write us at movies at bfm.my. 